All right, getting started. This is a message uh, for our Soteria Apostolic College of Biblical Studies students who are taking the um, human relationships course, okay? So I want you all to um, take some notes, make sure you go back and listen. If you're not able to grab a notebook and you're not able to grab, um, get to your scriptures, make sure that you are um, taking some good notes or just save this so that you can go back and look at it. Now, for those of you who are subscribed to Soteria Prophetic Ministries podcast, of course, you'll hear this message on the podcast. But for those of you who are students in the um, Apostolic College, you will want to um, pay attention because there's an assignment that comes at the end, okay? And for everybody else, feel free to glean, share, and just hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. So for this particular um, class, we're talking about human relationships. And in that, we're going to take a look at um, choosing destiny partners, okay? And choosing destiny partners, we are coming out of the book of Genesis. Um, for most, those of you who know me, you know how much I love the word of God, period. But there is such a wealth of knowledge of the, the working of human relationships in the word of God that I have just found to be um, key in maintaining and sustaining relationships, even recovering in relationships, okay? So let's take a look at that. Now, again, I'm not gonna read all of these scriptures to you, um, but I had them noted for you for the sake of those listening and not actually watching the video. I am coming out of Genesis chapter 12, verse four, Genesis chapter 13, verses eight through 11, and Genesis 21, verses one through five. So that's Genesis 12, verse 4, Genesis 13, verses 8 through 11, and Genesis 21, verses 1 through 5, okay? Now, I pulled, of course, Abraham's life is covered extensively in the book of Genesis. However, um, for the sake of this particular class, I'm not going to um, share the extensive uh, version of it, but I only wanted to pull out three I felt that were three verses that were uh, three portions of verses that I felt was very vital in what God is showing us here. So we're going to speak to you prophetically, but we're also going to speak to you out of the realm of human relationships, because this is going to touch everybody's life. Okay. Um, Genesis chapter 12, four, it actually chronicles the call to Abraham when God called him out from his family, God called him out from his people, the call of God was toward Abraham and Sarah because in the eyes of God as husband and wife, they were one. So in calling Abraham, God was also calling Sarah. And we know later on that Sarah was a very integral part in the plan of God, okay? So even though God did not tell Sarah to come out from the Chaldeans, we know that her destiny was intertwined and connected to Abraham because she was the mother or was to be the mother of Isaac, right? The mother of the promise seed. So again, when we look at Genesis chapter 12, verse four, we are talking about the call of Abraham, where God is, where Abraham is beginning his destiny. He's beginning his prophetic journey into the things that God is calling him into. So again, being very, very mindful of who God called, because we're talking about choosing destiny partners. So in Genesis chapter 12, verse four, the call of God 
was toward Abraham and of course to Sarah. It did not include anyone else. However, we know that Lot went along with him, right? And Lot joined them or whatever, whichever version you like to read, but it outlines and narrates and, um, and, and it shows us that Lot went along with Abraham and Sarah, even though this was not part of God's original plan. So let me just stop there for a minute because again, the class is on choosing destiny partners. And so we have to be careful. I'm speaking to the entire body, even to the unbelievers who are listening. We have to understand that when God has set you apart to do a destiny work or when God has set you apart to do a kingdom work, whatever that looks like, okay, whether it's to the masses, to the nations, to your employers, to your uh, co-workers, to your cousins, whoever, whatever that work looks like, understand that God has key people in mind for that work, okay? He has key people that he has assigned to walk with you. He has key people that he has assigned for you to walk with. So one of the very first things in understanding what that destiny walk looks like is making sure you've got the right people on board. Making sure when you think about Jonah, as he was walking in rebellion to the Lord God, wanted Jonah to prophesy to Nineveh, Jonah, Jonah did not. So what did Jonah do? Jonah hopped into a boat, right, along with some men. Now, the men, their destiny was to, they were um, uh, seawaring, uh, wayfarer. they were merchants of the sea. And so they kind of like our export-import industry that we see today, right? Um, and, and so that was their destiny, is to travel from one sea coast to another coast, and, 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 and sell goods, right? To traffic goods or what have you. That was their destiny. And so what happened when Jonah entered their boat, it offset their destiny. And this is what happens to many of us that there's a work. Remember, everybody's work looks different. Your work doesn't look like mine, neither does mine look like yours, whatever that looks like. Um, there are some of our works that are called to the marketplace. Some of us are called to the kingdom. Some, I mean, you know, wherever that is, right? However, in that there are people that God has assigned to go along on that journey with you. So when those men, those um, uh, what are, the, the um, uh, marketers, uh, these these coastal uh, businessmen, okay, uh, their business was to traffic back and forth from coast to coast. When Jonah entered their boat, it offset their destiny. And this is what happens with Abraham. This is also what happens with us when other people jump in the boat, whether they jump in or whether we invite them in, we still see a shift in our journey when these people become a part of that process that God did not design for them to be, you know, he did not design, design them originally to be a part of that. So Lot jumped into Abraham's stuff. He became a part of that. Now, some of us can say, well, you know what? I've had people to join me or walk alongside me or connect. Let's use that word because that's a trendy word. I've had people co to connect to me. I've had people who said, God said, I'm walking with you. God told me to come to you. God told me. And so you will find, as we're, still, we're talking about choosing destiny helpers, you will find people who will connect themselves to you um, for the sake of gleaning from some of that blessing and breakthrough that's on your life. That happened with um, Ruth and Naomi. When Ruth was working in Boaz's field, she gleaned. Was nothing wrong with that. Boaz didn't have an issue with that. But what I'm saying is sometimes you will find in your life, there will be people who will join themselves to you, who will connect to you for the sake of gleaning from the blessing and breakthrough that rests upon your life. And so here is what happens with Abraham and Sarah. Lot overheard, listen to me carefully, people of God. Lot overheard the conversations. He heard the talk. 
Okay. And there are people who have long ears and they're listening. They heard the prophecies. They were there when you got the word, you know, they saw your struggle. They were there when you got your degree or whatever successful thing happened in your life. They were there. And so they have seen now that, okay, something is getting ready to happen in her life. Something is getting ready to happen in his life. There's about to be a shift, a real good shift. Man, let me just release that word to y'all. Something great is getting ready to happen. And so some of you, because I, I, I feel like God is speaking prophetically now, some of you are noticing now, why are these people connecting to me? Like folks you have never heard of, people that you didn't even know knew you, now are so attracted to you. Oh, I want to be a part. I want to join. Join this. You join my stuff. I join your stuff. And you have to wonder why in certain seasons of your life, you will find throngs of people that you didn't call, come calling for you. And so you have to ask those questions. I often, my church, my spiritual children know, I will say this in a minute, who sent for you? Who sent you and who sent for you? Because when you understand that you're at that intersection where you're, where destiny is about to, you're about to step into that place of destiny because destiny is a destination, all right? That's what the, the, the root word of that is destined. This is, destiny is a path, it is a place. It is a point of direction. So when you find people connecting to you as you are making your way to that destiny or to that place, you've got to ask those questions. Did God send you? Who sent you? Who are you? You've got to ask those questions because there are some, not all, but there are some who will join you for the sake of where you're going. And so here we find Lot is, has, has sort of inter, um, Inter, 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 he planted him, he implanted himself in this destined plan of God for Abraham and Sarah, all right? And so as Abraham, and that's found in Genesis 12, 4. So as Sarah and Abraham are moving forward, they don't know what God is doing. Just like many of us, we don't know. All we know is God said, I'm getting ready to do something in your life, or I'm moving you, or I'm shifting you, or you start to see things just changing. And you know it's God. You can't put your finger on it, but you know something is different is happening. What was happening in Abraham's life? People started dying. Now that can be a physical death, God forbid, or it can be a spiritual death, or it can be a relationship death. Those are what I call prophetic indicators. As prophetic people, as those of us with eagle eyes, eyes to see, you've got to start paying attention to patterns. Start paying attention. As I was coming home from Myrtle Beach yesterday, I noticed that there was on 45, I noticed the pattern shifted. And so whereas normally I'm familiar with how the road stretches, I had to pay attention because the lines were, you know, redrawn. And so sometimes you'll find, even though you're walking after God or you're chasing after God and you're pursuing the things of God, you will find sometimes that when your, your, your lane or your direction is being shifted, you've got to pay attention. Because it's, it doesn't look like what you're used to. And so those are prophetic indicators to let you know, God, is, he's doing something, not getting ready. It's happening. <laughs> you just need to catch up with heaven, right? And let it um, as it is on heaven, as it is on earth, um, on earth, as it is in heaven. So you've got to get into a place where earth is aligned with heaven because heaven is always moving. So God is moving Abraham and Sarah. He's moving them away from the kinfolk. He's moving them away from a place of barrenness. He's moving them away from a place um, that's too small to contain what God has in store for them. And he's moving them through. The Bible said Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he was justified by faith. He trusted this God that was saying, hey, come out, let's go. He trusted God, not knowing where he was going, but he trusted God. Sarah trusted her husband. All right. And so she's following him and he's following God and Lot, Lot is following the both of them because, you know, hey, something's big is getting ready to happen. And I went in on it. And so you will find again, we're talking this class is on destiny helpers. 
you will find people who are attracted to you because of this movement they see taking place in your life. They see movement. They see things are happening for you. Uh, folks, let me tell you something. They may never tell you, but people will watch you. And the minute they see God moving and they see things changing, all of a sudden you're getting text messages, you're getting phone calls, you get inboxes, you get invites. And let me tell you something, uh, be careful in those seasons. Let's move on because there's a lot to talk about with this. So now I want to move into Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 through 11. Genesis chapter 13, verse 8 through 11, it fast forwards from where Lot follows them to where there becomes a point of conflict. Now, let me tell you something. When you, when we're talking about destiny, destiny partners, and we're talking about you being on your course of destiny, you're going to where God wants you to go. You're aligning yourself with what God has for you in your next season, what have you. But when you have the wrong person connected, and and listen, you can be kind and you can be sweet and you can be just as precious as you want to be, as you are. You can be just as precious and sweet as you want to be. Let me tell you something. If you don't wake up to what's happening around you, God will shake it up himself. And this is where you will find yourself asking these questions. Well, what happened? Man, I didn't know he was like that. I didn't know she was like that. I didn't know that this could happen. I didn't see that coming. You will hear yourself say that if you haven't already said that because you, you there, there are parts of people that are hidden until God pulls the covers, all right? I'm gonna say that again. There are parts of people in their character and in their personality that are hidden. They will, listen, they will intentionally hide it from you until God removes the covers and lets you see what's really going on. And so there came this point in Lot and Abraham's relationship to where God said, you know what, it's time <laughs> to expose. And let me tell you something, when that time of exposure comes, it's hurtful, it's painful, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking, it's heart-wrenching, all those negative emotions, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. Because here's the thing, all throughout the course of Lot following Abraham, Abraham was seeing things. He was a man of faith. He was a man of vision. He was seeing things just like you sometimes when you're in a destiny relationship and it can be a marriage, it can be a family relationship, a ministry relationship, a work relationship, a community, whatever, whatever that real human relationship looks like. Okay. Whatever that human relationship, you will start to see things. If you're prophetic and if you have the gift of discerning of spirits, you will start seeing things and you can brush it under the rug and say, oh, they're just having a bad day or, you know, that's all right. They'll, they'll, you know, they get like that from time to time. God is trying to show you something that there's something, there's some flaws, which we all have, but there's some things going on that you need to pay attention to, but we tend to overlook it, right? Um, there's one lesson I'm going to teach you on, it's called unsanctified mercy, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but at any rate, when we get to Genesis chapter 13, verses eight through 11, we see now that God is shaking this stuff up because now, listen, listen to this. There was a promise that God made to Abraham and Sarah. And as they continue, which brings me to my point here, why was the promise of Isaac delayed? It wasn't that anything was wrong with Abraham or anything was wrong with Sarah. And certainly there's nothing wrong with God's word. But many times we see the promises of God delayed in our life by virtue of who's connected to us. And so sometimes we, we definitely see it happening here. There will be times when we continue in the wrong thing with the wrong people and we're just, you know, we just can't see it with our eyes wide open. We just cannot see it for whatever reason, whether we've been hoodwinked or whether we're being um, under some type of enchantment or a spell or what have you, uh, you're not seeing the signs. And God is saying, you're wasting time. 
Because the things, when God called Abraham and Sarah out, he had an appointed time. There is always an appointed time. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about it. Jesus talks about it, right? There's always an appointed time. When God gives you a prophetic word or God gives you a set of instructions, there is an appointed time for you to line up so that that word can come to pass. Okay, and, and, and so that the, 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 thing, the manifested will of God can be seen in ev evidence in the earth. So as long as Abraham and Sarah kept Lot in the circle, Sarah remained barren, Abraham, Abraham remained impotent. Are you hearing me? Sometimes, even though, yes, God called you and you are anointed and God has favored you and you are just wonderful and you're just a wonderful person, which you and you are, you really are, but you can't break past certain barriers because of what's in your circle. When God called Abraham and he called Sarah, he had already put a remedy in place. You, listen, they didn't need Viagra or some hormone shots. God had already touched their wombs and had touched their reproductive organs. He had already given them the prophetic assignment at a certain time, activate, okay? At a certain time, work, wake up, okay? However, by virtue of Lot being in the mist, it, it, it worked against that word that God was working in Abraham and Sarah. This is why sometimes we find ourselves frustrated. And, and you'll say this, and you, because I've heard some of you, I can hear some of you in prayer. Lord, I should have done this by now. It, you know, some, uh, it shouldn't take me this long. It, it shouldn't take this long. Why is it take? I can hear some of you saying, why is it taking so long for this to happen? I've known other people who started out with less than me and they're running circles. What's wrong with me? Why is it taking so long? Why is it not taking off? And the answer is, who's in the circle? Who did you choose to be a destiny partner? Because sometimes we choose folk who are a part of a sabotage plan of the enemy to overthrow what God wants to do. Right? Sometimes we choose people and, 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 and you know, we don't see their motives and the intents, but God sees and he knows all things. So we've got to be careful, care, careful here um, when we start to see things just immobilize and, and things just kind of freeze up on you and you get stuck is I know we have a tendency to blame the devils Lord knows we we will chase devils down and wear them out and I'm not saying not to do that but what I am saying is you've been chasing devils for how long now and we don't see change so then we need to re-examine the strategy something is wrong it, it is not the devil because we beat him up and there's power in Jesus name but this situation has not changed so that can't be it what is it Lord and then it may be who we're connected with. So who have we chosen as a destiny partner? So here we have in Genesis chapter 13, verses eight through 11, where we have a conflict and that's what God will allow. The Lord will allow conflict to happen in these relationships because listen, you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. God is showing you signs. He's showing you a thousand signs and you're not seeing it. And this person is enjoying you being in a place of stagnancy. They're enjoying you being stuck. And listen, and they're, and they're living off of your labor. And listen, they're living off of your labor and your favor. Now that'll preach. They're living off of your labor and your favor. So listen, they don't have a problem with it. <laughs> they don't have a problem at all. It's like they're living in your house rent free and, you know, they're cool. As long as you don't say anything, they're fine. They'll never move out until you stand up and say something. And so you'll find sometimes people who are um, operating in this, you know, in this sabotage, 
who will connect to you uh, for the sake of gleaning from your blessings, gleaning from your favor and gleaning from your labor, living off of your faith, living off of your service to the kingdom. And they're eating fruit of it, right? At your expense. And so God said, you know what? Enough is enough because now, you know, you're messing with time. Now you're interfering with time. You're, you're on my time now. You ever heard somebody say, listen, you're on my time now. You can waste your time. You will not waste my time. And so now we're interfering with time. And God says, Abraham, I'm getting ready to step in and break this whole thing up. And that was a heartbreaking thing. So what happens? There's a conflict. A conflict occurs between Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen. Now, let me just, let me just step out of the teacher vein for a minute. And let me just be me. First of all, how you gonna have issue with my herdsmen? If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have a, not just a herd, you wouldn't have a cow, you wouldn't have nothing, right? I mean, that was just, that's just me. I had a flesh moment. But I'm just saying, you will find some folk have issues with you over the blessings they have because of you. Now, let me say that again slow. There will be people who will have issues with you because of the favor that's on your life that they're living off of, but will have issues with you. And so here you find conflict in Genesis 8, excuse me, Genesis 13, 8 through 11. Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen are arguing over the lane because of both of them. Abraham was so fat with blessings. You know, it didn't matter to him, but Lot had an issue with it. And listen, it because it was time for the hidden man of his heart to be revealed. It was time. It had been hidden long enough and God said, you know what? You're messing with time. You're messing with, with, with Sarah's womb. You're messing with Abraham's reproductive function. And I need you to move out the way. See, some of the things that we cry over, God is saying, he told Ezekiel, do not cry. Do not cry. And some may say, well, that's harsh. You know, you, you ought to grieve over. And uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. You, there are things you grieve over and I understand that. But there are also times when you've got to learn, this is a God thing. God broke that up. God split that up. And so you got to learn how to listen get it together and move on because there's something greater that God is doing beyond your feelings being hurt. Okay. And so here you find God breaks up the relationship between Lot and Abraham, but look at how God does it. Abraham being a man of faith, a humble man, he says to Lot, choose. He said, listen, there's plenty of land. Choose which way you want to go. And again, the hidden man of Lot's heart is being revealed. What does Lot say? He doesn't say, well, Abraham, you know, uncle, big brother, you've taken care of me. You provided for me. You have allowed me to taste of this great favor and blessing that's on your life. So I'll tell you what, thank you for giving me the first offer. But you know what? Let me condescend and digress. And you choose, Abraham. You choose which side of the, of the ter terrain and I'll take what's left. No, we see now pride and arrogance and conceit and all of that stuff that was there all along. You couldn't see it. But when God snatches a cover, you see all of these spirits, and all of these um, personalities beginning to expose themselves. And so what does Lot do? He looks over and he sees his land as full of, y'all know, the grass on the greenest side. And guess what? That's what he chooses. And, and of course, we know it was Sodom and it was, it, it was Gamar. It broke Abraham's heart, people of God, that it came to that place of departure. It broke his heart. But I want you to pay attention to something else that's taking place in, um, in Genesis 13. I believe it's in the uh, 11th verse, if I'm not mistaken. But it said that they were contending with one another, but there were also the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I have that in my notes here for those of you taking this class. I'm talking about the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Now, for those of you taking the class, you're going to be required to look that up. Now, the Canaanites, that, he, that word means a peddler or a trafficker 
or those who operate in covetousness. Now, remember, I just shared with you the type of spirits and personalities that Lot was operating in, right? He certainly was a peddler. He, he, was, he was taking advantage of all the blessings on Abraham's life. He was a trafficker, okay? He was hoarding for himself what he wanted for himself, but he was also covetousness. He was operating in covetousness. He wanted what Abraham had. And so the Bible says there were Canaanites and Perizzites in the land. Yes, there were also that whole contention and cocktail of crazy, but you gotta pay attention when the Bible inserts certain things is not there for nothing. There's a reason why that's there. It's not just alerting, to, alerting you to the enemies that were in the land, but it's also alerting you to some of those spirits that were operating as well. And then it talks about the Perizzites. Perizzites mean unwalled, unprotected village. So an unwalled, unprotected village is a person that has no guard over their spirit. They will say whatever, do whatever the Bible says, having a conscience seared with a hot iron. These people can curse you out. These are people that uh, disrespect their parents. The Bible talks about it in the last days, unthankful, unholy truths, disobedient, um, disrespectful to parents or what have you, um, irreplaceable. So, I mean, unplaceable. The, that's what that parasite means. So the Bible is cluing you in to the spirits Lot was operating in, listen, that was walking along with Abraham and Sarah the entire time. Now, listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully because now it makes sense. See, now it makes sense why that business didn't take off or you didn't have that child or you didn't marry that spouse or you didn't get that job or whatever your thing, your destiny thing is because look at what all was attached. Look at what was connected to you. When God snatched the covers, not only did God snatch the covers off and show you what was really happening in Lot's heart, but he also showed you the spirits that were operating within him as well. God did all of that. So now moving into Genesis chapter 21, verses one through five. Now we see a big jump from Genesis 13 to Genesis 21. You see what an eight chapter difference. I don't know what the time frame is, but it's eight chapters. So that's some, a lot of time that transpired between Genesis 13 and Genesis 21. But in Genesis 21, we finally see the promise uh, of Isaac. We see Sarah giving birth. We see Isaac, um, excuse me, Abraham at 100 years old giving birth. But look at what all he had to go through. And he had to get rid of Lot. Now, the promise was given in Genesis chapter 12. Come out. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've got all of this for you. You're going to inherit. You know, you, your seed is going to be so numerable. You, if you can count the sand, you can count your seed is what the Lord said. But guess what? That was in Genesis 12. The manifestation didn't come to Genesis 21. Now, when you look at your life, the prophetic word to you came in your Genesis 12. But look at what all you had to go through and maybe still going through to get to your Genesis 21, to the place where you can manifest that thing, that you get to that place of destiny. Look at, what, look at how much time has elapsed between what God said and seeing what God said, between hearing what God said and seeing what God said. Look at how much time has elapsed. And the reason why was not so much because of devils, because we can bind loose and chase, and I rebuke you, and I, and again, that's wonderful. I will never stop you from attacking devils. However, some of our delays, certain of our delays are not uh, demonically inspired. Some of them are based upon who we chose as destiny partners. Again, whether that's in a romantic relationship, 
marriage, ministry, business, neighborhood, family, whatever, whatever your human relationship looks like, you must be careful when choosing destiny partners, okay? So that concludes the lesson for the course in um, human relationships and the class on destiny, choosing destiny partners. Now, for those of you taking the class, um, for those of you gleaning and listening, God bless you, just hold on for a little bit. But for those of you actually taking the class, your assignment, and I think I put that in the comment section, your assignment is going to be located at tinyurl.com slash destiny partner. And you're going to see about maybe seven questions there for you to answer and get turned in. It's self-paced. Okay. So you don't have to feel rushed. Take your time and go through it. Listen to the video or listen to the podcast as many times as you need to. What we're doing in these biblical studies, right? This is a biblical study guide, is teaching you how to study the word of God, teaching you this is a method called the OIA to observe, interpret, and apply the scriptures. Observe what's happening. Who's happening? What did I say? What's happening? Who's happening here? We've got Lot. We've got Abraham. We've got Sarah. We've got Isaac. We've got the Canaanites, parasites, right? We've got the herdsmen. We've got, you know, all of these people, lands in between, what have you. And then interpreting. We interpreted what the Canaanites meant. We interpreted what the parasites meant. So we, you know, sometimes in studying to show yourself approved, you got to go and, you know, put the Bible to the side for a minute and actually do some research and find out what this word means. What is the spiritual meaning to this? And, you know, how does this apply? Moving into the A, the, the application model of it, how, do, how does this apply? How does the Canaanites, what is the spiritual meaning of that? Okay. And, and so we're using that OIE model to identify, this is the assignment, identify the point of entry in Abraham's life where destiny conflict began. Identify the point of entry in Abraham's life where destiny conflict began. Next part of it is identify at least two areas in Abraham's personal life affected by Lot's decisions. I didn't see affected by demons. Identify at least two areas in Abraham's personal life affected by Lot's decisions. And then I'm asking the question, what roles did the Canaanites and Perizzites play in Abraham's life and in Lot's life? And then finally, how was Sarah's life affected by Abraham's decision to involve Lot? You'd be amazed at how your family can be affected, your ministry can be affected, your health can be affected, your career can be affected by virtue of who you connected with or who connected with you. And so the second part of that assignment is of course, where I want you to apply it to your personal life. And so I'm asking using the same model, talk about a partner choice that affected your destiny. And I always ask use fictitious names. Please don't put me in your personal business. I don't need that in my life. Use a fictitious name. Well, Johnny called me and Johnny said the Lord showed him a dream that he was supposed to move into my neighborhood. And so Johnny moved next door. And ever since Johnny moved next door, he's been coming over every morning for coffee. And I've noticed that, you know, things started breaking down in my house. You know, I'm just giving you an example of what that can look like and how um, this partner choice affected your destiny, all right? Please use a fictitious name, but make it real, use a fictitious name. And then you're gonna submit that assignment so that you can get some personal feedback. For the others of you, my um, podcast followers, um, enjoy the message, give me some comment, feedback on it, play it as many times as you need to, share it with whoever you feel needs to hear it. You may know some people that as you're listening, the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, so-and-so need to hear that because that's exactly what they're dealing with. Then I encourage you to do that. And for those of you listening on Facebook Live, praise God, share it and say, wow, 
<laughs> Lord, let me choose right. Anything in my life, anything that has connected to me that uh, is on assignment to sabotage my destiny, to uh, uh, sabotage what you have um, uh, uh, predestined and prophesied, Father, in Jesus' name, tear it down, destroy it, God. You know, destroy it. You want to ask God to do that before it comes to a point like Lot and Abraham did in Genesis 13, where God has to break it up. You know what I'm saying? You don't want God to break it up because at that point, the Lord does not spare for your crying. You heartbroken and, and the Lord was like, okay, you done? <laughs> he told, he told um, Elijah, he said, oh, what are you doing here? Right? And he didn't even respond to Abraham, uh, Elijah, uh, Sam, what's Elijah? He didn't even respond. Well, Lord, I'm here. I'm the only one. And Jezebel killed everybody. The Lord didn't even respond to that. He said, what are you doing here? Right. So there are times when God allows certain things and he's not going to sit in and, 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 and entertain us with that pity party stuff. Right. That pity. He, he wants us to, to rise up and be sons and daughters of the most high God and, and, and go forth and do what he called us to do. So that's going to conclude the course, um, this class in um, human relationships class entitled uh, Choosing Destiny Partners. I pray you've been blessed. Until next time, you take care. God bless you.